Yeah, I really like what I do um, here in this uh, Safran restaurant because it's it's my food. I put on a on a dish that what I really like to um, what I enjoy and uh, what I like to eat and yeah, it's 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 my flavors. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. In Australia, Turkish cuisine, for the most part, has been lumped in as simple Middle Eastern eating experiences. But there are a few amazing operators out there that have opened our eyes to the bounty, the depth and the beauty of Turkish cuisine. And few do it better than today's guest. Sulo Kuruboncolo is the chef and co-owner of Saffron Restaurant at Edelong Beach. Sulo, how are you? Good, thank you, Hug. How are you? I'm good. It's good to get you on the show. You're doing amazing things there at, at Long Beach. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Um, thank you very much. Um, I own a Turkish restaurant called Safran at Long Beach, and um, I've been running this place. Uh, it's actually we're about to celebrate our 10th year birthday. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, we um, I'm mainly focused on... Um, doing a contemporary Turkish uh, other than doing all about kebabs and pilates we bring some kebabs but we, we try to modernize a bit more um, on our dishes um, yeah what's what's the area like um, at the moment you know there's been a turbulent couple of years but but how are things at, at Long Beach um, <clears throat> During the COVID times, was, of course, the same as everyone, it was pretty quiet. Um, but we, we did quite well during the COVID time. Um, our locals are very supportive. Um, but since the COVID is over, it's, it's been pretty good. We had a good summer. Uh, people are back. Um, but at the moment, uh, when, the, when winter comes, um, obviously tourists, um, we don't get as much tourists. But... We got decent uh, locals. Um, uh, it's, we, we're supported by uh, mainly locals, so which is great. We don't really um, rely on tourists um, too much, and um, so that's, that's which is great for you know the the, the central coast uh, business owners. Turkish cuisine in Australia, there's been some really amazing restaurants that have sort of uh, opened people's eyes and, and you're one of them. But has, was there challenges sort of getting started up and changing people's perceptions of Turkish cuisine? Yeah, that's the um, the, the, the thing we're trying uh, is um, we're trying to tell people Turkish, how, how, how wide is Turkish cuisine is. Um, and um, we like we're trying to showcase um, like how uh, how to say how um, sorry one second um, yeah we're trying to tell uh, how wide our cuisine is from Balkans to the Middle East and um, we're trying to showcase that on our menu and um. Uh, people are uh, qu- quite happy with that, and um, sometimes uh, we got some confused people uh, might think it's not um, traditional Turkish, or they might accept. They might think it's uh, Turkish cuisine is very spicy, of you know, uh, full on uh, 
flavors but in reality really Turkish cuisine is um it, it it's quite simple the flavors like we like if it's if it's a lamb dish for example we we really like the uh tasty lamb or rather than uh you know hiding behind the spices and herbs and all that or eggplant you know what i mean if it's eggplant dish it has to be like uh eggplant rather than spiced up um yeah um that's sometimes people confused by that um but most of the time um people are quite happy uh what we're serving well, I want to explore sort of what you are cooking there in, in detail a little bit later on, but take us back to Turkey. Whereabouts did you grow, grow up there and um, what sort of role did food play for you growing up? Uh, I was born in a very small village uh, in the Black Sea region, West Black Sea, the, the town called Mengen, uh, which is actually famous with the chefs in Turkey. Uh, anywhere you go, if you tell them where you're from, and the first question they would ask you, "Are you a chef?" So yeah, so it's the town I come from. But um, as a, when I was growing up, so my my parents, um, so they grow their all on vegetables, uh, fruit, even wheat. Um, we had cows, you know, geese, turkey, everything. So. Uh, we used to, yeah, we used to grow on uh, pretty much everything, really. Uh, it's pretty self-sufficient uh, in the countryside. Um, but we were also a big family when I was a kid. So um, from lots of green beans, uh, you know, green beans, any, any, any sort of vegetables like tomatoes and uh, cucumber, even, even the nuts, we used to have our own. Uh, hazelnuts and walnuts raisin yeah um even the fruits uh we used to um uh like dehydrate pears and uh cherries and all that so um but now is ever whoever grows up so left the village so it's not happening as much but when i was uh growing um, we used to we used to uh grow everything pretty much are there any feasts or dishes uh, that you remember from growing up that you can tell us about? Um, Mum used to make a lot of like, her her breaks to be the best. Um, um, the the dish called erişte pasta with some dehydrated uh, labneches we call it cash cheese, which we we put on the menu sometimes. See, so that 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 was uh, uh, that was always great. Um, uh, lots of vegetable dishes, really. Lots of stews. Uh, Mum used to make her own soup mix. Um, that was always great. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, there's a lot, but I just can't remember everything. <laughs> the the cuisine of Turkey is so different depending on where you are, and it's had so many influences. Tell us a little bit about the food of Turkey and, and maybe of the region that you're from as well. Um, yeah, Turkish, um, we got influences from Middle East, from North Africa, from Balkans. Um, but um, our base is Persian, meat, meat base. Um, but later on, 
with the Ottoman Empire, it's got mixed up a bit. We got bits from everywhere. Um, where I'm coming from, Black Sea region, it's uh, we don't use a lot of spices. On eastern side, it's it's a little bit more spicy. Then again, it's it's only a few things like cumin, you know, or a little bit of Aleppo pepper. They call it Maraş chili in Turkey. A um, little bit of oregano or mint dried. Um, that sort of spices uh, they use. But on on as you go on the western side, uh, it's a bit more uh, mild flavors, like a lot of olive oil cooking. Uh, as you go outside, the western side, uh, olive oil cooking days mainly you stew the vegetable uh, in olive oil it, and cooks its own juice like beans or artichokes or even spinach or anything, any sort of vegetables. And you have that its own flavor goes to the own juice. Um, on the, on the, from the Balkan side, then again, uh, we got more varieties. Sometimes our cuisine looks uh, close to the Greek cuisine. It's a little bit different, but but it's close as well. Um, yeah, so it's 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 big variety. It's it's quite wide. Like we got uh, like from Moroccan cuisine, we got um, we we start using especially Ottoman cuisine. I say. Uh, Palace Kitchen, they, they like using a lot of nuts and fruits in their savory cookings. So that got put into our cuisine as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite wide. When did you first start to sort of think uh, as a career, as a chef, and, and what lured you to it? Um, as I said, where I come from is quite famous with the chefs, and we surrounded with a lot of chefs. And um, it was a school in the town. Uh, it was also quite famous. Um, so I studied there. Uh, I studied there for seven years. And, and um, so I, I, and I moved to Istanbul, to the big city. And one of the jobs, one of my apprenticeship, I got into a Four Seasons Hotel, um, which uh, was nominated the best hotel in 2000 in Europe. And had a great chef. Uh, was, um, our head chef was Italian. And um, actually, um, since then, I really um, wanted to be a be a chef when I start working at Four Seasons. And um, when I saw that the dishes they were making and the environment we had it in in the kitchen, it was amazing. And um, that really got me into cooking. I just wanted to get better and better. What were the really important sort of uh, venues and, and people that you worked with as you s- sort of built your career? Yeah, I would say um, uh, in the hotels were the best for me. I work at Four Seasons and the Ritz and the, the chefs we had in there were great chefs um, I work with and it was quite a few international chefs as well. Um, one of the chefs, I worked with. He was a pastry chef. I did, I did work a little bit in the pastry, but he's uh, from Belgium. Uh, Philippe Thibault, which he lives in Melbourne now. He's a great chocolatier. So, yes, yeah, so I, I did work some great chefs back then, and that got me. Um, they gave me the influence that um, 
become a, a chef and, and one of them has uh, actually have a three Michelin star today. One of the chef I work so it's, it's great, great. I work with some great chefs, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about the sort of hotel um, cookery in uh, Istanbul, which you, where you spent a lot of your time. Um, how, how different is it to sort of the food that you see, um, that you grew up with and see in, in um, Turkey as well? When I started uh, over 20 years ago, the, 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 the cuisine in Turkey started changing. Uh, it became more westernized. Um, with, the, with the new chefs coming in, the foreign, especially the foreign chefs coming in to the country with the, with the hotels. Um, so the hotels used to race each other who's going to be the best you know, in, in, the, in, in the restaurants and stuff. Um, I'm not, at the moment, there's still a few hotels are trying like that, um, but it's, it seems to be moving to the restaurants more than the hotels at the moment. Um, the restaurants, especially chef-owned restaurants, uh, seems to be doing um, better at the moment. Um, but back then, yeah, hotels was uh, they were it was there they show, hotels showcase having a, one of the fine dining restaurant. Um, so it was um, everyone like pushing hardest uh, to become a best in, in the town, you know. What did you take from your time in in those restaurants? Um, I, I learned a lot from uh, these restaurants. Um, how to be creative, uh, to use um, seasonal produces. Um, we learned from them uh, how to um, budget things and how to um, how to run the kitchens. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I, I did learn a lot from these places I worked before. What led to the move to Australia? Um, that was by luck, really. A friend of mine was uh, supposed to come. He, he found a job in the city. Um, and then last minute, he told me that you know, if, I, if I'd be interested, if there's a job like that. So he just uh, come across um, and then... We had a chat with the with, with my first boss in Australia, so it just it just happened really. Then I was like, "Why not?" It's a big sea change, but yeah, it was great. What did you think of uh, Australia and the food scene when you arrived? Um, first, um, of course, it takes a few months to get used to really. Uh, what's around you and um, and what, what what we're doing and all that. Um, first, uh, first of all, when I came, the, the place I was in, um, it wasn't really doing uh, what I was used to in uh, Istanbul. Um, but after a while, then you, you obviously get into um, and get used to the system and. Uh, what they expect from me and what 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 we wanna give to them, and then after a year or so, then then yeah, the, the food in Australia is uh, is actually great because you can uh, you can find any cuisine um, in the world is it, it exists in 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 Australia, 
and um, you, you can actually um, it's not like in in, in uh, like in Turkey for example it's very limited to get like uh, a Japanese in a in any in, in sort of town you know um, but here it's, it's great in that way in this country so you get to taste any cuisine in any way and it, it, it's it's actually eye-opener when did you first start to sort of think about uh, opening your your own venue um, me and my wife um, when, when we um, when we met we met in a restaurant and um, after a while we thought it would be a great idea for us to run our own business and we, we start dreaming about it and a few years later um, we, we decided to open our own cafe and we thought you know, it would be great for us to run our own business and and then we can do anything we like we, we can serve people what really we um, we want to serve and we open a, a cafe uh, and um, it was about 15 years maybe yeah 15 years ago just before our sunburn um, yeah, and then um, when we had our cafe, I always wanted to have a restaurant, and I wanted to have a Turkish restaurant. And um, from the cafe, that then we moved to um, doing uh, the restaurant. So I'm, I'm very happy that um, maybe we're doing uh, the, the restaurant because um, it reflects me, uh, that restaurant, rather than the cafe. Why did you choose uh, Elong Beach? And tell us about the process of finding the site for Saffron. Um, at Elong Beach, now, my wife is from uh, uh, Santu Coast. Um, she's, uh, she was born in Nimoina, and just next to Etelong. Um, then we, when we got married, we went for a long holiday. When we came back, and we, we stayed at um, uh, Nat's, uh, Nan's place. And then we just thought we'd stay here for a little bit. But once you stay here for a few months, we were only meant to be a few months here, then you just, uh, it's hard to go back to see the really. Then, um, yeah, then um, we decided to stay on the coast and um, yeah, have our own place. Because I used to commit to Sydney every day. And then after a while, and yeah, we, we, I decided to stay up here rather than moving back to Sydney and um, have our own place. So, yeah, that's how we um, stayed on the coast. You're really um, sort of standing out in the pack with your contemporary sort of play on Turkish cuisine. What were the challenges in the first couple of years um, as you sort of built Saffron? Um, yeah, the... There's no, um, the, the, the first thing was there was no Turkish restaurant on the central coast. There's one or two kebab shops. Um, and um, introducing uh, a new thing on the coast, um, especially where we are, um, it was, that was challenging to, um, because uh, it's something new and we're trying to introduce 
and we're also trying to do com- uh, contemporary rather than uh, kebabs and pides that most people know. Um, so that was challenging. Um, first year or so, it, it took about a year or so, and um, uh, we won an award uh, from... Uh, uh, and we've known a new, new yeah, restaurant getting a situation uh, is that best new restaurant in, uh, on the, in the region and then that actually kept us going and uh, put our name out there a bit more and and um, yes and then uh, we just grew from that really and then uh, as, as the time goes people start to know us and people start to know what we're doing and so um it's been 10 years, so we're still here, so it's just great. You mentioned um, when you were in Turkey the, the focus on quality produce in the venues that you worked in. What, what's it been like in Australia for you and the produce available to you to do what you do in Australia? Is it, is it different and has there been challenges? Um, uh, not really. In Australia, the produces are great. Um, you can... Uh, find pretty much everything. There's, there may be some things that are a little bit different. For example, the um, artichokes. Like in Australia, we don't grow the artichokes as big as in Turkey. Maybe they're different. They're a bit they're a bit smaller than what we do because we can do like dolma, like stuff them, wrapping in wine leaves, and you can make a beautiful dolma vegetable uh, with, with the artichokes. Um, in Turkey, and um, th- there are little things like that, you know. Um, uh, the leek is a little bit different. Our leek is, seems to be longer. It seems to be shorter. Uh, but a few things like that. But other than this, really, there's nothing um, uh, we can get our own hands. Even some of the products are better. They're great. Uh, more variety. Uh, it's more variety because... Um, being a multicultural country here, um, everyone brought their own culture a little bit, and then you can access to them quite easily, So, which is great. We mentioned sort of near the top of the show about, you know, the last couple of years uh, have been challenging for everyone on the planet and, and particularly those in hospitality as well. Uh, sort of in a, in a regional location where you are and doing something sort of contemporary and quite different as, as you are, did it have its challenges through that period? Did you have to change what you did? Yes. Um, we, we changed uh, pretty much everything as on the COVID times. Uh, what we were doing really because um, we could only do takeaway kind of food or packaged food so it had to do it uh, more of a home style uh, cooking um, so that, that was the um, uh, it, it worked for us uh, on a certain level it kept us going at least uh, people were very supportive um, but yeah we have to change uh pretty much whole menu, whole structure of the, um, the food we were doing. Uh, yeah, but it, it helped us kept going. How did you feel during that time? Um, at the beginning, we were afraid, same as everyone. Um, we, we weren't sure what's going to happen, what we were going to do, uh, how we're going to run things. And, um, yeah, as the time goes... Uh, so we, we get mulled into it, you know. Um, 
So we had to come up with some ideas and how we're going to keep our staff, um, how we're going to create some business. So, um, after a while, yeah, we, we, um, we get through to it. But yeah, as I said at the beginning, we weren't really sure um, how to do things and what to do. But it was, um, it was fine. No, we just got through, you know. Well, speaking of doing things differently, you um, do uh, comedy all-stars as well. Tell us a little bit about um, that and how that works with the restaurant and what you've, what you've done. Um, comedy, um, yeah, we, we started doing um, maybe six months ago. Um, so it's, we we working with one of our colleagues, um, uh, a place called uh, one of the bar, um, bar Toto. They um they have a space and we they they provide the space we provide the food and um and um so it's it's going quite well we're doing it uh once a month or once every two months um it also it creates um uh, what do you say um more than a business it's a uh, it's something to talk about, something to look looking forward for for the people in the area. Um, so it's it's been great so far. Um, yeah, we have another one tonight. Um, um, we we're getting um, Stephen um, Amos coming tonight, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah yeah um, it's 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 going quite well. So it's it's pretty good. Tell us a little bit about your food and and what you're doing there. Is there a, a couple of dishes that you can talk us through that sort of exemplifies your contemporary play on Turkish? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we uh, on our menu um, at the moment um, we have some little petit mezes. Uh, one of the things called like pishi. Like I used to like love that when I was a kid. It's just a yeast bread, it's just fried. Um, but we, we top this one up with, it's very traditional, but we top this one up with um, uh, with uh, uh, scallop and tarama and uh, salmon roe. Um, so that's a bit of traditional with the contemporary combined together. Or like we got uh, burek. Burek is very traditional Turkish, like you can't find it in any corner. But I, 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 um, I later, it's just a late pastry with some goat. Um, goat means cook some tomatoes and pine nuts and marjoram. Actually, that feeling comes from um, kibe. We call it isli köfte. That's the feeling I use to lay the burek. And, and we top it up with uh, sujuk, which is Turkish sausage. Uh, we kind of make it, uh, uh, we cook it with some onion and garlic and with some cream and we puree it up and um, use the siphon to, to form it up, uh, to top up the barrack. So that's the, it's still traditional, but we're adding some contemporary um, uh, cooking styles to it. Um, with some cauliflower puree next to it, so I to, to finish all dish together. Um, um, or we have one of the dessert is um, it's pistachio sama. It's like a pistachio baklava, but uh, we make our own mastic ice cream. 
um, and with some um, uh, meringue charts. Um, so we did write them. Uh, that's, that's sort of, um, these are some of the examples. Like for example, we have a mantu, very traditional Turkish dish. Mantu normally used with some mince in it, with, served with yogurt, but we, we're filling it with crab, bulusivima crab, uh, serving with, um, we still have mint and sumac and a uh, little bit of chili, like flavors that mantu is supposed to have. And then we top it up with some uh, kefir on top. So I still have that uh, sourness from the yogurt. Um, yeah, we're just combining, mixing things like that. But I still have the, uh, the original flavor and taste on the dishes. So we're trying to keep that that way. Well, as you mentioned at the top of the show, it's um, almost a decade. Um, you're about to celebrate that with the restaurant. How, how, how does it feel having had a, a, your own business um, so successful like that for a decade? Um, yeah, time uh, is 10 years. We go like sometimes we talk about it. Wow, you know, it's been 10 years. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been great. It feels great. And um, it's when we look at back and we're still growing, um, we're still getting, like, trying to get better every year it goes through. And um, so we, when we look at back, uh, menu, uh, food, or the, the restaurant, even the interior designs, um, we just keep building ourselves uh, and try to get better every time. I think that's, that's the thing keeps going us, um, you know, so we need to get better with our service, with our food, with, with, with our menu. So that keeps us going. Um, I guess that's, that's one of the keys that we've been going last 10 years. Um, and, um, and of course, uh, we try to serve um, the, the best as we can. Uh, with our food, and um, so we, we got the good support from our locals. Uh, it keeps us going. So hopefully, we'll be keep going many more years. Uh, well, you've built a, an amazing restaurant there. Um, what do you love about what you do? Yeah, I really like what I do um, here in this uh, Saffron restaurant because it's it's my food. You know, I mean, it's a uh, it's it's. I put on a on a dish that what I really like to um, what I enjoy and uh, what I like to eat and what I'm used to the flavors um, and um yeah it's 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 more of a like it's my flavors you know what I mean that's what I really like about this this place about this restaurant. Well, Solo, it's an honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear a part of your story. Um, Please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.